0: Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you happen to be around the world. That's actually going to be pretty significant this time, because this is the long-delayed return of the Groovy podcast. Welcome to whatever the current episode is. Uh, My name is Ken Cousin. I'm based in Marlborough, Connecticut, and I am joined today by... Uh, Paul King. And...
1: uh... You're at Thursday, I believe, and I'm at Friday morning. So um, I'm from uh, just outside Brisbane in in Australia. So uh, in the other half of the hemisphere. And so where we're um we're everything's reversed. Our, our water spins the other way around, and we're just <laughs> heading into our summer. And uh, yep, we're uh, I'm just it's morning here, and it, you're just about to uh, head off to bed in a few hours, I imagine. So.
0: It it is quite reassuring to know that the world will still be here tomorrow morning, that nothing tragic is in the, in the offing. So I appreciate that. Thank you. So far so good.
1: Yep. Yep. I'll I'll keep you informed if anything bad (laughs) happens the rest of the day.
0: They do say you don't really know what jet lag is like until you cross the international date line. And you do that every time you travel. Have have you been traveling at all, by the way, how's that going in your situation?
1: Uh, No travel at all for almost two years. So yeah. uh, Yeah. in Australia, I've done a tiny bit, but mm-hmm. but uh, international, we're only just reopened to uh, except for people that have got special permission or whatever. So tennis players and mm. cricket players and uh, other sporting folks and movie stars and whatever, they've all been able to come in and out. But uh, us ordinary folk, we've only just opened to our uh, international visitors in the last week, and it's so well. well
0: you're quite yes, the world we, traveler. I know you You go not just for business. You and your wife seem to go all sorts of interesting places on vacation as well. Yeah, well,
1: we, well um, cruising is going to be interesting when they, you know, mm. I guess uh, when they open up all back up, it'll uh, be slightly different to what uh, we were used
0: to, but we'll see what yeah. happens. In the wildly unlikely event that any of the listeners don't know who Paul King is, I mean, okay. Well, this is your big opportunity to find out, I suppose. Paul has been basically the co-leader or the de facto leader of the Groovy framework for several years now. Uh, he was the co-lead author on the second edition of Groovy in Action, right? Correct. And uh, have done any other books? or so that's that's the big one, right?
1: Yeah. So did the Hoppel paper, the history of Groovy program language paper recently. And right. um, that's probably the latest publication.
0: I downloaded it and I still haven't read through the whole thing. I mean, it's I, I'm, it's a it's not small. It's going to take a little bit of digging, uh, but yes, you did that. That was wonderful, and of course, you were one of the people behind the whole move of Groovy to the Apache Software Foundation as well, right?
1: Yeah, um, I can't say that I was actually the main instigator in that, but I was um, definitely tagging along and uh, giving my my input. So. I think Cedric did quite a lot to, to make that move happen. And, and Guillaume, of course, was um, heavily involved. And, Cedric um, Champeau
0: and, and Guillaume LaForge, just again, identifying people.
1: Yeah, but um, I'd had a sort of a previous history with uh, Apache. So I was very comfortable with that option. We were weighing up different options. And and that was certainly an option that I was uh, very comfortable with. And it's it served as well, as far as I can tell.
0: Now if I understand correctly, you're still a, basically a one person company, but you have, uh, I guess a, I would call it a friend of the family relationship, maybe with OCI or how would you describe it? Oh,
1: no, I, I um, I, 50% of my time with for OCI. So oh, okay, they've got me doing groovy stuff and, um, yeah, I, I do more hours than, uh, what, what, uh, they give me for. So I, I guess you could say that it's sort of. Co-sponsored by my one-person company or whatever, but um, I don't really do anything else with that that company these days. So um, it's it's not re- it's not really an entity that uh, does much else than uh, yeah keeps keeps my accountant fed with a little bit of extra money. <laughs> throughout exactly. the years, I guess
0: the fallback stuff. Yeah, and um, how is your what is your actual position with the ASF? I mean, are you the representative for groovy or how does it work for that so i'm, I'm vp apache
1: groovy i guess what ah. you call it or or chair chairperson of the um the groovy pmc whichever way you want to
0: look at it and have you have you taken over as the head of the groovy project as well or is uh, i mean guillaume is still around but i don't he's been working for google now for a while
1: yeah yeah so so Gu- guillaume's um still involved he doesn't get as much time these days to contribute mm-hmm. so the way the Apache Software Foundation works is they have um, they have a board, which is it's very much a hands-off over oversight role, um, and then they have two hundred odd projects. Each project has a project management committee, a PMC, and Guillaume, uh, myself, a bunch of other people, all on the PMC. And so when when a new release comes out, it's the PMC that uh, officially endorse it. They vote on it and they officially endorse it as an Apache. Offering. And well, we're so. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, Guillam was the the PMC chair and uh, for uh, up until a couple of years back, and then I swapped over. It's 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 often a um, a role that you rotate through. Anyway, mm-hmm. so it's um it's it doesn't really offer any more prestige. Um, than anyone else on the PMC. That we I don't, I don't get double votes or anything. Yeah. Uh, I just have to fill out board reports. So I've got more administrative uh, overheads.
0: Yeah, my condolences, and, um, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. And if if we ever have big disputes, then I am usually have to be the one that would go and try to get everyone to get on a common page. But we, we don't... We're a friendly community. We don't have right. that sort of issue. But that's kind of what a, a chair might do would be to... Um, try to get everyone on the same page if, if it looks like there's any sort of divergence or whatever it might be, but that's not us. So,
0: Well, I know that we're going to be talking a lot about Groovy four and the upcoming release and the schedule and everything like that. But why don't we take care of some of the other topics that we put together in the release notes before we do that. Um, so the, the big release otherwise, uh, of course, that, we're hoping to have a Groovy podcast about relatively soon would be Grails 5. So that the Grails actually released version 5.0.0. And while there are some improvements and everything, the real difference in Grails 5, from my sense, was the upgrade of the underlying technologies, the much later versions of Spring and Spring Boot and Hibernate and all those others. And Groovy, yep. Yeah, and Groovy, of course, is that they're up to 3.0.something in, yeah, in yeah. So, so
1: they're using the parrot parser so right all the all the new bells and whistles that came along with the parrot parser you can now use in all your grails apps so so that's a, a big thing for us so
0: that's great right we're gonna wind up talking to punit and and maybe to sergio as well you know and and get some of the rundown on that uh, so you do groovy related stuff for oci that sometimes supports grails related efforts though is that right
1: yeah grails and micronaut so when they have yeah. issues they'll um send a little prompt my way and I'll, I'll do my best to delegate it to someone else if I can. Yes, exactly. And if I can't, then, then I'll, I'll go and try to, uh, to fix it. But yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll often be the triage point to say, is this a grails issue or a groovy issue or, or whatever it might be. And we'll nut that out and then work out how to solve things. Or is it a misunderstanding of groovy or is it something we need to fix or whatever, you know, whatever it might be.
0: I just wanted to mention one thing about Grails because, again, we're going to have a podcast dedicated to Grails 5. But uh, we ran in, or okay, when Grails 5 came out, uh, I got very lucky and I wound up talking to a company that might give me a chance to participate in a Grails upgrade project. Like they did everything in one of the 2.x versions and they want to upgrade. And I said, oh, well, 5 is around the corner. Let's move all the way to that. And Therefore, I tried to load Grails 5 into IntelliJ IDEA, and it was a bit of a disaster. And it looked like a disaster that was established for a few weeks. That, you know, from the moment Grails came out, IntelliJ didn't understand it, didn't understand the project. And it had been a couple of weeks before they did anything about it. Well, you were kind enough to point out that the early access release. Let's see, what version is that? That's the...
1: I'm on uh, 2021.2.3 is the one I normally use. And when I go right. and use that, I'll get little red squigglies and whatever else. But if you go on to the series, which is in eApp, right. Access, right. it's got lots of, it's got Grails 5 support. I don't know whether it's fully complete, but it seems for my little tiny play, it's pretty good so far. And lots of the Groovy 4 stuff is appearing. So um, that's great. So record and switch expressions and all that s- stuff, SEAL classes is all all there. I haven't tried it out lots yet, but um, I can certainly give them feedback if it seems like there's any little missing pieces.
0: I mean, I was so relieved to hear that. I mean, I, I did my entire normal teaching app that I do in Grails and I managed to do it in Grails 5, but I mostly use the IDE as just, you know, for syntax highlighting and some compiling and did everything from the Grails console, which fortunately worked just fine, but I didn't want to lose all the normal IntelliJ functionality, the capability there. And when you mentioned that the uh, early access version had the Grails 5 support, I loaded that up and it looks, I agree, everything looks like it's back. It's all working again. And, Hopefully, that will all be... Uh, I don't remember how many release candidates they go through before they release it, but uh, that's coming. They, they've definitely made a fix there.
1: Yeah, I think they're on EAP 6 or something. So yeah. uh, And they're up to yeah, 2.3 on the, the previous one, so that number doesn't tend to go too high. So it, it could be not far away. And it, it is a 2.0.21 version number at the moment right so that might right. that might change but
0: uh, so they've got two months you know
1: <laughs> now no, yeah, the so, uh,
0: oh go ahead yeah well if if
1: it's um they've got it as 2021.3 right that that gives them a couple of months but if it changes to 2021.1 or uh, 2022.1 right. who knows yeah. that they might
0: re- not, renumber it but Let, otherwise no, they it can't looks do like that it, they've got to fix it before the end of the year right well, now that I know the early access is working. Now, I did have a friend try to run the app on Java 17, and they ran into problems. And I'm assuming that the reason they ran into problems was because Gradle doesn't yet officially support Java 17 either. So the the version that of Gradle that's used inside of Grails is, a, a I think it's an early 7 version, something like that. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, Groovy,
1: and Groovy's build is using 7.2. So we've got the same issue. We, we build Groovy on JDK
0: 16 at the moment. Mm. Well, I noticed that Gradle 7.3, that is going to have Java 17 support. That's going to be the big thing in it. I'm a little yeah. surprised it's taking as long as it is, although I got to be honest. I mean, how many people are using Java 17, right? It, it's probably not a huge demand out there. But they released... I'm, I'm sure the- I'm sure a lot of developers are using it, but in production, yeah. it might, yeah. might be quite some time, yeah. But they put out a, an RC3 on Gradle 7.3, and they don't tend to go through too many release candidates before they...
1: No, no, I, I reckon that's close to the last, yeah.
0: Yeah, so I, I would be... I mean, and I did try compiling a, a, a regular Java 17 uh, repository that I had with gradle 7.3 was i think it was rc1 or something like that and everything worked just fine there so it's coming it's just taking a little time to do it i don't know
1: go ahead just on your comment yeah um so the gradle side of it might be part of the issue that they're having but there is also some known issues on uh, jdk17 with groovy3 which are all fixed in groovy4 and most All the easy stuff, we've backported so that it's all in three as well. But there's one or two pieces that are difficult to backport, which aren't there yet. There's very easy workarounds typically. So you can put a compile static on one method and the problem will go away and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I guess watch this space and some more of that stuff might
0: get into three or, you know,
1: grail six will be out with uh, groovy four or whatever whatever (laughs) it might
0: be. Is it the split package stuff at all? The the thing that keeps giving us a warning whenever you use Gradle on
1: no no it's 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 more the case of um, uh, Java doesn't want you to be calling methods that you don't shouldn't have visibility to and right. when uh, there's um, if you're in a static world you 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 know what your parent class is going to be and you walk the tree and you find everything and you say oh okay well to get to that I'll use its interface Uh, which is visible to me and I'll call it via that but when you're in a dynamic world you know know, all of their security restrictions uh, are different so you don't see all that sort of stuff and um, so even though they're making improvements for security a lot of the decisions they've made aren't really aligned with what a dynamic language would like so we've done little tricks to to make things stuff work and some of that is we, we we're not necessarily we sure we want to import some of those tricks back to Groovy3 and that sort of taint taint that with our, our new tricks to make everything work. So we want Groovy3 is a stable version of, of, of Groovy. So we don't want to muck around with it too much, sort of thing.
0: Well, and those those great those warnings that you got at the command line every time you use Gradle, that the illegal access, you know which they they kept threatening that in each version of Java, they were going to make those warnings into errors. And I think in 16, didn't they finally do it? Or is it 17? But one of those.
1: Yes. Um, 16, we'd already covered off in the Groovy 3 code base, pretty mm. much. I'm, I'm pretty sure we'd cover everything off. But 17 introduced some new ones. and <laughs> They're the ones I'm talking about, which I okay. fixed in four. But yeah, some okay. of that's difficult to backport.
0: I don't know, sometimes I wonder whether we should even discuss Gradle on the Groovy podcast anymore, because even though it emerged from the Groovy ecosystem, they they seem to forget that. You know, they they very much think of themselves as a Java-based or JVM-based build tool and just build everything. Um, but nevertheless, it, it does affect us directly. Um, Micronaut, on the other hand, uh, didn't they just come out? I think I saw a SDK man announce that 3.1.3 is available now and in my Micronaut- hours ago. Yep. Mm. Yeah. The, the Micronaut three release was well, I'd say since our last podcast, but that would just give Sergio an opportunity to give us a hard time about that. Which of course, you know, that's not a bad thing, I suppose. Anyway, so the Micronaut three has been out for a while now. Um, I don't know what version of Groovy that uses. Do you?
1: Um, they're on Groovy three as
0: well. Yeah. Okay. Good. Uh, they have been, and I know that a lot of the Grails infrastructure has been. Um, I don't know how you say it. They accommodate or they they incorporate a lot of the advantages from Micronaut now, especially on the the um, auto wiring, the dependency injection, that stuff, the the ahead of time compiling, etc. Is that right? Yeah. There's lots of places where they leverage that that smarter functionality. So that's good. Now, you mentioned something about there's a still a Groovy Eclipse plugin still yeah, around yeah. there. So it's it's um
1: I think it actually defaults still to even when you're on Groovy three and I don't know yeah and four four beta one is supported by it. It still defaults back to the um, uh, pre Parrot parser, um, but you can switch it over to the Parrot parser as well. So it's it's got a little ways to catch up to. Um, IntelliJ, but for those folks who are on 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 um, the Eclipse side of things, it's it's certainly a useful uh, option for them. So yeah.
0: I don't know how many people. Well, in my I mean, my experience is anecdotal, of course, but most of the people I know who did anything Groovy or Grails related switch to IntelliJ just because the support was so much better there for so long. Um, I know that yeah, we, some Oh, we were seeing
1: um, some increase uh, in the Eclipse usage w- way back. So hmm. maybe 10, it might've been up to 10 years ago, but then when, when uh, IntelliJ released the community edition for free, which was yeah, quite right. some while ago now, right, that's when right. we thought, okay, a lot of people just sort of said, okay, Eclipse was free and I used to have to pay a license for IntelliJ. Right. But now there's this community edition. I'm jumping back. I'm jumping over to the IntelliJ world. So... And um, as yeah, I recall,
0: was, Groovy support worked in the community edition, but you needed the commercial version for Grails support, I believe. But that's partly because you needed the the ultimate edition for Spring support too, and Grails is—I don't know if that's related or not.
1: But, yeah, but but prior to the community edition being there, you needed yeah. a license for anything,
0: right? So right.
1: So it was at that time when the last sort of folk that were holding off in the Eclipse world sort of a lot of them jumped ship. so you know, um,
0: speaking of the IDE story, it one of the things I've found somewhat interesting to watch has been the rise of VS code. Uh, and I, I think that's yep. mostly coming from the front end people, but now that GitHub, um, of course, a division of Microsoft, that's still such a weird thing to say, You know, now that they have the in-browser version of VS code and code spaces and all of yep. that, uh, I've been seeing that being adopted a little bit more. The only thing is, is while you can add plugins for various languages, which I'm delaying saying, you know, uh, I tried to add the groovy plugin cause there is a groovy plugin in VS code and it said not available on the online version, unfortunately.
1: Okay. So I've, I've used that some time ago, but it wasn't the online version. So
0: yeah, the, I've, I've used it for years off and on, you know, and locally it's fine. You know, there's a groovy plugin. There's a, I think it's called language dash groovy and there's a, there's a language dash gradle one I use for syntax highlighting or whatever, but yep. Even though they've got their their code assist, what do they call that, copilot or whatever? Which mm. who knows how much auto AI inspired bad code we're going to get out of that? Um, Groovy does not seem to be one of the areas that they care about, unfortunately. But we'll see.
1: Well, yeah there was a there was a company that was involved in making the, that plugin. So oh. Yeah, um, and they were. Um, quite keen to have it fully working but they had a particular use case I believe and I think they got it to the point where their use case was uh, working quite happily and um, I have, haven't seen a lot since then but I should chase that up because it certainly would be good to get all of that working well as it's- in parallel to all the great IntelliJ and Eclipse when it, it gets to the level it would be really nice in groovy for that would be um, good to have the VS Code stuff as
0: well. Well, definitely. And it, it also, it, when when somebody tries something for the first time and they go into their favorite editor and then try it and find out it's not supported, you know, or not working there, that's a real barrier to entry for anybody new to the field. I mean, the, the veteran people will know somebody to find a workaround or whatever, but, you know, when IntelliJ doesn't work with Grails or when VS Code doesn't work with Groovy, it's like, come on, you know, it,
1: it's and, really hard and- on them. Yeah, all all the um, CS grads or whatever the right term would be, IT grads or whatever that are coming yep, out, they right. all know VS Code these days. So certainly, we yeah, would which, be good to
0: support that. Uh, who saw that coming too? I had no idea that was. I mean, of course, you want to talk about things i have never saw coming. I mean, if ten years ago, would you have guessed that Python would would surpass Java on on the Tiobe index or whatever that? you know, the use cases there. Would you have guessed that? that? That surprised the heck out of me. Um, It is surprising,
1: uh, uh, but it's sort of, it kind of shows that IT is seeping into a broader user base more, as mm. much as, you know, all core developers have switched over. So uh, IT is spreading to cover the sort of data science and AI and all those different areas. And a lot of the folks that are potentially attracted to that area or working in that area aren't necessarily uh, sort of hardcore developers. So in some sense, um, you know, in hindsight, we can say, oh, it's not too surprising. Although, you know, if if we'd been put wagering a bet on it 10 years ago, I wouldn't have been uh, putting very much dollars on that. But, um,
0: oh, yeah. I, mean, I remember that when there was a JavaScript library of the month and who knew that it was going to be first jQuery that beat all of them. And then they were all going to get replaced by JavaScript MVC frameworks. And like, wow, I, you know, it's just you never make a prediction in this industry longer than two years. right? I mean, when I was first coding, I was stuck using Fortran. Uh, the nightmares have ended, but it took a while. But the reason for that is that's where the libraries were. That's where the numerical analysis libraries lived. Mm-hmm. And I can only believe that the reason Python has taken over, of course, is because for, as you say, data science and AI and machine learning, you know, Google published TensorFlow and Python. A lot of the libraries for doing statistics and machine learning type applications have been ported to Python now. Uh, now, yeah. you actually did a whole talk, however, at ApacheCon on, uh, what was it called again, the, the data Groovy for data science, something like that?
1: It actually wasn't ApacheCon, uh, but yeah, I've given right. that talk at various, I, I think I did it last year at ApacheCon, mm, and right, I've done right. it in various other uh, forums as well, but yeah, that's.
0: What's your assessment of that space now? Do you think, I mean, how's Java doing? How's Groovy doing, you know, for any of that stuff?
1: Yeah, I think there's starting to become really good offerings in, in the Java space, but I think the offerings are appearing there probably at a slower pace than yeah. the Python ones are advancing. So even though there's now good stories in the Java space, it's certainly not a case of you know Java's uh, done some sort of knockout blow that's going to um, take the wind out of Python sales.
0: Well, my guess at a lot of that stuff, and I again, I'm just guessing. You know, I'm not going to... At this stage of my career, I don't claim I can predict the future. I'm just, okay. If what seems to be a favorable approach is that eventually the AI and machine learning parts of most applications is going to become just an added module that is a third party off the shelf, something you could train and then add to an application. And it seems like there's been a lot of advances in the Grawl virtual machine to make that interact with other languages, including Java, are you 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 did see something about Graal? I I guess it was some of the stuff at ApacheCon. What did you think?
1: Yeah, um, that's something else we could have added to the the uh, notes. I guess there's some recent Graal VM releases, but um, mm. yeah, so definitely Graal VM is um one of the mechanisms whereby some of the really parallel algorithms in AI and data science and whatever. Um, Can become super performant but also the whole gpu side of things is is Mm -hmm. a sort of parallel growing area and some of the offerings in that space uh in the jvm world are looking nice as well so and there's no reason to not have both and then we've got the vector api as well in right uh,
0: oh the vector api in java what are they doing with that I, i saw something at jsr about it for 18 but i didn't know what it meant
1: yeah, um, I think it's actually there's already some stuff there in was in sixteen or seventeen, but it might it might be, I don't know if it's preview or I will have to go back and check. But yeah, um, yeah, it's 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 a sort of toe in the door in that sort of space. Um, so it's nowhere near the functionality you get with the, the the various CUDA libraries and other things in the in the GPU world that wow. um, were really fiddly to get working with Java. Um, you know, only work on certain operating systems, certain versions of Java and so on. That that side of the world is becoming nicer. Um, not mm-hmm. all the licensing is the way um, I'd like to see it yet in terms of there's some restrictive licensing on some of that stuff. Oh. Um, but that's just, a, I think, a, a learning curve of people new to the Java world that are trying to bring old habits with them and some of that might change.
0: Um, Speaking of the Java world, have you been watching anything coming out of Project Loom yet? Have you been aware of all that? Yeah, yeah. So um,
1: I can't say uh, I've done as much as I would have liked to have done, but I've, I've no. started playing with that and with a view to porting across Jeepers to, to, to use that sort of functionality. So mm. we'll have a, a new version of Jeepers at some point when I get more free cycles um, <laughs> and I'll just Probably just pick off vertical slices of, of Gpars and maybe even make them optional modules in Groovy Core. Not sure yet, but obviously have a fallback to something similar to what's there now, or maybe some sort of uh, slight variation using more streams functionality. Um, but with the option to flick over to the Loom side of things and uh,
0: benefit from that when 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 that's available. So, well, I know there's an awful lot of work going on, but I. I worry about the fact that I think the marketing of Loom is way out in front of when we're actually going to get anything. You know, I mean, if again, my, just my own experience is that whenever the Java people announce a new feature, it goes through at least one and mo- possibly two previews. You know, in the J in the JDK. I mean, even enhanced switch statements and records and pattern matching went through two early access versions, two preview versions, before it went to a final version. And in 17, there was nothing, nothing from Loom at all. And that means that the first early access, if there is one, will be 18, and the second one would be 19. And therefore, we're not likely to get anything definitive in Loom until at least 20, and maybe 21, especially because they're going to the two-year... Um, long-term support release schedule so that there's there's a good... I mean, you hear about Loom all over whenever you hear about coroutines or other things like this. Oh, yeah, Loom's going to change all that. That's at least two years away. I, am I wrong in all that? What do you think?
1: Um, I think you're perfectly accurate, but mm. in some sense, uh, I don't mind that Java's uh, sort of doing the very conservative thing because no. it then becomes this rock-solid foundation that we can all build upon. So I don't mind at all that they're taking their time to get things right. And um, little languages like Groovy sort of sit off on the edge. We can do a little bit of innovation. And if we get a good idea, it's often incorporated into Java or whatever. Um, it, but it means you can mix and match between, you know, Groovy, Java, all the other alternative languages. Well, I don't, want to, be the first, I don't <laughs> want to be the first one to mention what the other languages are. I don't, I don't know where your time is at yet, but... Um,
0: <laughs> well, I used the word coroutines, routines but I didn't happen to say what language Correct. they're implemented oh, no. in. Yes,
1: <laughs> I noted that. Yeah,
0: but There's I co- mean, routines couple- in
1: other languages as well. Yeah,
0: but well, it's an old technology, right? You know, it's just, it's been yeah. But
1: if you look at um, if you look at what's sort of happened in the Intel world recently with Spectre and all that sort of stuff, once 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 you get super advanced uh, predictive pipelines and things and things happening in parallel and all the rest you open up the door for potential people to come and work out how to subvert that or sniff, sniff data that in a, in oh. a, a pipeline that they're not supposed to see or mm-hmm. do a denial of service attack at, at the sort of microscopic level in the machine. So there's, once you're moving into that territory, there's lots of really interesting things that are happening. And so it is territory you want to move slowly. in. So
0: Well, I, I don't mind that they're working slowly on it. That's, that's not a problem. What I sometimes feel uncomfortable about is that they make some very some people related to the team seem to make very bold statements about how it's going to change everything and makes it sound like it's imminent when in reality we've got plenty of time and that's a good thing as you say they should take their time for all that but i mean i wonder how much of making it sound imminent is you know trying to undercut some of the enthusiasm for some for reactive approaches or coroutines or other things like that which they're going to revolutionize it's it's,
1: yeah every talk will have some element of marketing and some element of non-marketing and we've got to try to uh peel that back and decide which bits we want to take on board so that's the
0: other thing i got to mention though is i'm glad you mentioned jeepers you know the, the groovy parallel systems library which i always admired as a, I mean, it was the ultimate groovy kind of thing in that it borrowed libraries from a huge range of sources and said, oh yeah, we can do actors. We can do concurrent sequential processing. We can do whatever the different pieces were and just put it all under right. one heading.
1: The data flow and the, right. the parallel arrays. and all Right. And of course that also, streams,
0: but- it also makes me think you know, with some sense of fondness, but loss of, of, you know, of our friend Russell, uh, Russell, was it, I don't even know if I ever got it right. Was it winder or winder? I always read it. Wind, winder, I believe yeah. it was winder. Okay. And I mean, I knew him online, you know, I never, I think I may have met him once at a, at, at a great conference something like that. Uh, but he made so many contributions to that area. You know, and he was very heavily involved in the Jeepers project. So are you running that now? Is that the idea, such as it um, is? No,
1: I've got no, um, I'm, I'm involved in the project, but mm. some other people are still uh, technically as involved as I am. So I'm, I'm not by any means sort of um, designated as sort of lead ah. tech person or anything like that.
0: Well, I'm glad it's still um, not, it's not forgotten. You know, I'm glad that's still, yeah, it's,
1: it's still ahead of its time. in term, It's still yeah, for, for lots of those things. It's um, still a very, very useful technology and as good as a lot of the other options. So um, yeah, I always, felt,
0: I always felt it was criminally under marketed. You know what I mean? It was people didn't realize they had this thing, which was, as you say, so far ahead of the time, ahead of its time, out of the field. And it just never really got the press. Oh, well, let's uh, let's take care of quickly of the non-Groovy 4 related things so that we could then spend the rest of our time on Groovy 4. Uh, one thing I have to point out, our, our good friend, Mr. Hockey, you know, uh, Hubert Klein-Ickink, uh, has updated his Groovy Goodness Notebook, which he always published on Lean Pub. So we've got a link to that. And he's the definitive answer for any... Question of how do I do this or how do I do X or how do I do Y? I mean, if it was a recipes book, it would be a thousand pages long. You know, it was just everything on how to do anything in a range of technologies, one of which was groovy. Let's see, what was another one? Um, there was just a couple of other releases uh,
1: the Gmaven oh. Plus plugin and the Spock 2. As well it's worth mentioning those so that
0: yeah the the g maven one i haven't tried that because i'm not much of a maven user have you had a chance to to play with it at all
1: i've got um a couple of projects that compile up under under maven so it's, hmm. it's used in that i haven't actually maybe updated
0: the version but uh, i know that i can when i when i get around to it so that's good now now spock 2 actually came out back in may and believe it or not we've had a groovy podcast since then <laughs> so we mentioned it but i thought it was worth mentioning again because it was such a big deal and of course now they are based on or work with uh, j 5 which is a huge improvement over j 4 so that's a good thing and i've used it in a couple of projects now but i haven't i mean i don't i don't think there was anything new in there that i hadn't seen before you know nothing no radical changes if you already know spock one you know pretty much the basics of spock 2 as well
1: yeah they automatically unroll and a few other little things but which i'm um, still
0: not used to i keep putting the annotation in there forgetting i don't need it anymore yeah yeah. um,
1: it it was mostly a move getting over to the new version of groovy and getting over to j unit 5 right Um, so a lot of the little tricks that they uh, used to do to make it work on j unit 4 are sort of built into j unit 5 so right just moving sideways, getting that across. And it's now in a good position where they can start to put new features in if they want. So.
0: I mean, yeah. I always like JUnit 5's parameterized tests. Whenever I teach a class on JUnit 5, I point that out and I try to resist the urge to go, but if you really want to see it done right, here's yeah. Spock's you know, data table and, and all of that. But, oh, well. I mean, they, they've closed the gap considerably. It's just still... Spock is better. You know. Do you use the mocking framework inside of Spock at all?
1: Sometimes, yeah. I've, I use a mixture of things. So,
0: I had to do that in a Grails project to mock uh, a service or the behavior of a service inside of a controller test or something like that. And I forgot that, oh, yeah, I'm in the middle of Spock. I have to use the, you know, my testing is using Spock. I have to use their mock mechanism for that. And I've spent a lot of time since then with Makito, for example, so it's yeah. it's a mental shift to go back to that. Any other release you wanted to mention? I think that's all of them. that. That was all, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, we do want to congratulate Sergio as well. Yeah, that's, it's going to be great. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's, go, go, go ahead. Going We're back to say- one of
1: your earlier comments, um, Yeah, if there's anything that's been lacking in the groovy world, it's been not enough... Uh, Developer advocate type marketing, so having Sergio with a bit of a focus on that is just a a wonderful thing. So,
0: the link that's in the show notes is to the announcement that he is the new what two GM, so Groovy, Gradles, and Micronaut developer advocate for those technologies. And I'm never quite sure exactly what developer advocates do, other than go to conferences and give lots of talks and. And that, but, and of course, until the pandemic relaxes a bit more, we'll we'll see if that starts happening again, but yeah, he's the right guy, even though he's basically a foil of the podcast here. (laughs) Yep. We'll have to have him back soon. Of course. I'm trying to think of, I I want to give him a hard time, but I I got nothing, you know, I mean, he's, he's a good guy and and he is the right person for that job. It'll be really useful to see what comes out of that, but don't tell him I said that I'll just deny it later. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a, a, a a little bit of a story, but now I'll save that to the end, the middle English version. (laughs) Okay. Unless I should, should I tell that now before we get into the groovy four stuff?
1: Well, uh, otherwise I'll have to go and tell you if if you were only just recovered from, uh, Fortran, I'll I'll have to tell you about parallel Fortran and cyber 205. So if you want to avoid that. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'd, I'd jump straight into middle English. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I had a friend working on a, on one of those parallel machines that, that uh, oh, I can't remember the name of the company. At any rate, something. Uh, let's, let's not go there at the moment. No, um, I mentioned this in my newsletter. You know, I do this newsletter every week called Tales from the Jar Side, which is free and everything. It's hosted on Substack. I suppose I should put a link in there. I think I do have a link in there for this one. Yep. At any rate, yep. I, was, I was browsing uh, for something else on Amazon. And I stumbled across the fact that my Making Job, a groovy book, suddenly had a version that said Middle English edition published in 1749, which already those two things aren't consistent. I mean, Middle English, that's prior to Shakespeare. So that doesn't work. But I'm like, wait, what? How could this be? And, And I went and looked and it's still up there. The page is still showing it at Amazon. And I was like, okay. You know, I don't remember translating it into Middle English. You know, I, I didn't do that part myself. And, but it was an opportunity for plenty of, of Chaucer related gags, of course. So I could not, I physically could not stop myself from ordering one just to see if, in okay. fact, it did come out in Middle English. And yeah, I've, I've got so it here,
1: 1749, January 1.
0: Yeah, uh, January, January 1, 1, no less.
1: B- now, busy on New Year's Day. That's pretty good effort, Ken. Well done. Yep. <laughs>
0: And I wonder what Manning would think of that, too, because it's it is a Manning book, but it's uh, this other publishing company. I don't know who they are. The I Spirit or something like that. So I I ordered one and it took a while to get here because I think they're like based in Hong Kong or something. And yeah, you'll be sad to know that it was just my regular, you know, a higher price version of my regular making Java groovy book, um, which was disappointing. And then they asked for feedback. And I told them that, Oh, I I mean, I didn't give them a hard time or anything, but I just told them they might want to update their web page, you know, that there's something there. But as you see, it's, it's still listed in Middle English. So go figure, you know. Okay,
1: well, I'm, I'm keen to click on the seal formats and additions link that's on there. There might be papyrus <laughs> scrolls or uh, tab, stone tablets or well, whoever else knows what, what different formats might be in there
0: if something funny happens, please let me know, you know, Um, but I got a story out of it. So I guess that was worth it right there. Uh, I think maybe we should get to the, to the groovy four stuff, and then we could spend some time on that. So you mentioned in the show notes, I do remember groovy four beta one coming out a while ago and you say beta two is on its way. So please feel free.
1: We were uh, going to try to fast track it to try to be not too far off the JDK 17 release, but um, one, we, we kind of crammed a few extra new features in the record stuff and a bunch of other stuff that was, we weren't, we we're initially just going to have a record like sort of class, but then we oh. said, well, we might as well support the native records and native seal classes and all that sort of stuff. And by the time we put that in there and we've, we only just got all the documentation for that there and got all the, um, the, the, the uh, specs and everything. It, in, into the sort of code base. So the time we got allowed and gave people time to, to get feedback on it, we thought, better do one more beta just so that we've, people can sort of comment on it and then we'll get into
0: RCs and we'll, we'll
1: still try to fast track the, the rest of the, the thing, but it'll depend on what feedback we get.
0: Well, I understand the idea of the Java records and the Java SEAL classes. I mean, I haven't seen a lot of Java applications of that. I saw some in the Android world. They had, they've had SEAL classes there for a while, but, uh, and the enhanced switch expression, of course, makes switch actually useful again. But Groovy's always had a, a good switch expression. What are the what are the type annotations of the improved ranges? Those I'm not familiar with. Well, actually, before we get
1: onto those, I oh, should sure. actually tell you about um, so switch expressions. We've got like it's like it's sort of like what Java's got with switch expressions, but it's the Groovy enhanced version. So you can uh, have ranges and yeah and closures uh, regular expressions and closures, all with that, that sort of syntax. So it's an improved switch expressions. It's an improved sealed classes because we have, and the same for records, we have this fallback where you, where we'll give you a, a sealed like class, even back on JDK eight. And we'll give you record like classes, even back on JDK eight. Mm. So um, it won't be like, it won't extend Java lang record. So it won't actually be a record. It won't if you go and look at the bytecode. But you put an immutable actually...
0: on it or whatever as well, or
1: um,
0: yeah, it's a, it's
1: it's uh, it's well, it's um, it's by default it's the shallow immutability, and you can have the full immutability if you want.
0: Oh, okay. Sorry, didn't mean to interrupt. But so that's the other there.
1: enhancement, as well as having it's got like default parameters, it's got named arguments, mm. but you can. You can also tweak it declaratively with you put an at two string and if for instance records don't show you the package name in their default two string uh, if you want that you just put it out two string and say you know, have the package name in there and mm. so all of that's configurable so you, so java you can do the succinct syntax and if you want to customize it you go to the full well you can add a two-string method yourself if you want right so we've got both of those, but also this intermediate where you can put a declarative tweaking you know, customization middle ground as well. So they're all the features, you know, out of Java, but groovified, if you like. So so that's, that's nice.
0: One, one thing um, about twi- records before you move on, one of the problems I have with Java records is that most of the JSON parsing libraries, JavaScript object notation parsing libraries don't understand records because those JSON libraries rely on default constructors and mutability, you know, setter methods and everything. And, I mean, the Jackson library seems to understand it, but most of the others don't. But Groovy's JSON slurper works just fine with POGOs. Does it also work with records as well? I'll have
1: to try it out to, to be absolutely definitive. But, yeah, if you put it into the record-like mode, mm it should just work out of the box. In, okay. um, it may also work with the native records. I don't know. I'd have to go and uh, see exactly Yeah, what. that I
0: don't know, right. Yeah,
1: I'd have to try that out.
0: So anyway, you were going from records to? Oh, type the- annotations. Oh. So okay. th- that's
1: something that's been in, in Groomy for a, uh, in Java for a long time. Groomy ported most of it ages and ages ago so you could have annotations on your method parameters and all that sort of stuff.
0: Oh, is that what but, you meant by that? Okay, I just well, want...
1: well no, no, that's 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 what uh, there's a there's a JEP that covered all of this stuff, and it covered uh, method parameters and so on. But the type annotations bit is on the actual uh, a type parameter for generics. So think of a list of string. Oh, you can now have a list of non-null strings, where oh. so in the past Groovy let you put that in. But Groovy, like, throws away type information when it's in its dynamic mode, right?
0: Right, So right. it just,
1: it, it allowed you to put it in, but just threw it away, and it never wrote it into the bytecode. Right. Um, it did some smarts to try to, you know, get the, the um, compilation, fr- uh, static compilation framework could see that sort of stuff, but mm-hmm. it just disappeared when it wrote it into the bytecode. Now it all writes all into the bytecode. So if you're using the, um, the, um jquick property-based testing library right it makes use of, it makes use of that and so oh. so does some of the bean validation framework it makes use of that sort of information so now all of that's there in the bytecode and all of those frameworks just work out of the box
0: with, is, is that a, is that a step on the way to reified types it's unrelated but, oh okay i, I misunderstood that
1: oh uh, well um It's it's matching what Java does already, and Java doesn't quite have reified types. We could take it a step further and head in that direction, but we probably we may not do that before Java does that. I'm not sure. Oh. If if we jump in the wrong direction, then we've got to again support two different flavors right. of it. So we'll, right. we'll see, we'll see. It's an area that we want to explore. So, yeah.
0: so the type annotations is just so that you could add annotations to generics.
1: Yeah, yep. Okay. That makes and, sense. You could do that before, but it got thrown away. Uh, now you can do it, and it's stored in the bytecode.
0: Okay. And what are the what did what did they improve about ranges?
1: Um, so we've Groovy's always had this idea of um, an inclusive and exclusive ranges. So you could have zero right. up to five, or up yeah. to but not including five. So zero dot dot five, or zero dot dot less than five. Right. And that would take if if you're stepping in ones, it would take up to four. Right. But now you can do zero less than dot, dot, less than five. And that'll be on the left side, not including zero, but stepping after that. And on the right-hand side, not including five. And so you can have left inclusive, right inclusive, very good, fully very inclusive good. as well as exclusive. So you've got all the different options there, which is, it's, you know, most people aren't going to use it very often, but there's it, times when it just, instead of having the plus one or minus one on one side you can just put the little less than sign and
0: and well it's it's a very groovy thing to do it's a groovy does that they say well here's what java has and we'll just make it better and easier and java doesn't have that exact same concept but yes right right other other
1: languages do so why not support it
0: yes some other languages exactly right that in there um, like now, python like python yeah. like python right right <laughs> now you mentioned the library improvements now we'll we'll have to talk about link and juke i suppose but i have to ask you the thing i don't see on the list at the moment every time there's a new version of groovy i always go to see what are the the new ast transforms that they added to the library because there's always some really cool stuff that's been added
1: yeah yeah so um does i think there's about Twelve or something, but that's that's lying a little bit because almost half of that is uh, G contracts. So we've we've brought oh the, the G contracts project that was an external project and it wasn't seeing as much love as it as it uh, possibly should have been seeing in, in its um, oh. over by itself. We we um, basically emerged that in as an optional module. So you don't need you don't get it if you don't want it. But if you want design by contract. You bring in that groovy contracts module and you get all that preconditions, post-conditions, class invariance. Right.
0: I mean, whenever I teach the JUnit 5 stuff, I point out that they have an assumptions class now for precondition checking. And then I have to go through that whole discussion of you know, exceptions aren't supposed to be preconditioned checks. You know that kind of thing, and and they're actually bringing G contracts right into the language. You have everything then, right? as you say, the pre yep. and the post conditions and the invariants as well, and and everything. Yep, and oh, so, wow. so that's
1: really great. Now, what it means now is whenever we make change, you know, so what was happening was we'd be uh, tweaking stuff in, internally and groovy and say, "Oh, this shouldn't affect anybody," and. We'd go and check Grails. Yep, we're all good there. We'd go and check Micronaut. Yep, we're good there. And then we'd see that, you know, three or four months later, we'd see, oh, G contracts broke, um, and we did, we, we didn't know. And oh, if if we'd known how it was going to break, we'd we would have done our implementation slightly differently. But it's kind of too late now to sort of fix all that up. Plus, it's been three or four months. So what was the change again that caused all of this? You know, right, right. Um, so by having it just sitting there as a module, um, more people are going to see it because they don't have to go off and find this uh, third-party library. And and every time we make a commit into Groovy, get all the tests get get checked, and we
0: won't have that sort of issue again. So so that's so nice. So you're using the contracts inside the Groovy code base?
1: Um, not a lot uh, outside yeah. that its own module at the moment. Okay.
0: Yeah, I, I figured. Um, now, you did add some stuff. I mean, Link is going to be a big, or do you actually call it Link, or what do you call it in Groovy now?
1: Yeah, it's that's still up for debate. We've tried yeah, yeah, uh, G-I-N-Q, Gink, and G-Q.
0: and Oh, Jink with a G, right, of course.
1: Yeah, yeah, and, and there's various folks have said that oh, if you twist that a little bit, it can start to sound like some language. Uh, Racist slurs and all sorts oh of things, and so, so, we're still looking for the absolute best way to uh, talk about it as a sort yeah. of abbreviation. But and the important groovy, to
0: get that right, yeah. Or nobody. Yeah, the Groovy think,
1: Integrated you know. Query is the long version, and we'll probably keep referring it like that um, for a little while until we sort out the right thing to call it or whatever. But
0: but it's basically um, what is it? It's a DSL for
1: yeah. So. If you think of um, querying a database, you use SQL. So it's it's a right. language that's uh, very very good and succinct at writing uh, queries and whatnot to a relational data store. And if you think of a lot of programming, we have these aggregates and you know stores of data that might be a collection, it might be XML, it might be JSON, whatever it might be. It's a an aggregate of records of with, with named components and whatever else. Okay. Um, so wouldn't it be nice to have a a way to interact with that that's, you know, closer to English language, but sort of the SQL flavor rather than API flavor of mm. interacting with that uh, aggregate data store. And so that's that's what uh, uh, the Groovy integrated query provides. It's a little DSL to- yeah, I don't, I'd you... only
0: seen it with relational databases. I hadn't seen it with, other collections like JSON data.
1: In fact, we 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 don't support uh, the databases yet. Um, oh. We support everything else.
0: So we still got Groovy SQL. So
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 that's right. So, but anyway, we will support Groovy SQL. It's just there's some tricky bits to supporting that, and we're still working our way through that. Um, but for the moment, all of your, you know, all the places where you'd use um, Groovy's uh, the, the fi- filtering you know streams in Java or map map filter reduce in uh, prior to streams in, in Groovy any places where you'd use that API style dot mm-hmm. so find all dot collect dot whatever dot map dot collect dot you know all, all the different um, things where you'd be basically using that the map reduce paradigm they can become queries where you say you know find this sort this select this whatever ah
0: um, I see
1: so any, anywhere where you where you use a, any anywhere we're using streams, you can have a nice SQL looking notation to to do the same thing.
0: Wow, that's really a a different paradigm. I mean, I, I had it's not thought of pattern. streams in that in that context.
1: Yeah, so that's what if you go and look at language integrated query in C sharp and F sharp. Yeah, that's the the kind of area. Now, having said that, a lot of folks still go back to the API and just use it that way. But at least it gives you more options. And given that we're, you know, we we saw Pythons at the top and Groovy is sort of the the um, Python-flavored language on the JVM sort of thing. And we've got all these data scientists who are in that space and they know SQL and they're looking for friendly ways to do their coding. Then here we're offering them a friendly way to do their coding where they don't necessarily need to know all of the the type system and everything that's behind the APIs and having to dive into that and learn all that. Let's give them a simple way. And some folks will love that. Other folks will say, no, give me the API. That's what yeah. I'm familiar with. And, and there's no right or wrong way there. We're just giving people things that they're going to be comfortable with. And, and uh, that's been the experience in other languages and other ecosystems outside JVM. So we'll see what happens. We, we don't know how popular it's going to be. But for some folks, we think it's gonna be something they're gonna really like. So let's now, see just what
0: happens. To give a little bit of credit, I think Daniel, is it Sun? Is that how you pronounce it or is it soon? Yep. Um, well, that's he's got a,
1: a Chinese name right. as well, I believe, which might be different, but Daniel Sun is how we um, Okay. I mean,
0: he's yeah. been heavily involved in that for quite some time, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. He so he was really big on the Parrot Parser. Uh-huh. Really big on uh, the Groovy integrated query and, and a whole bunch of other stuff. Um, and some performance stuff recently as well. There's more performance tweaking options. So that's one of the things that Groovy 4 and, and even Groovy 3, there's some, some use cases where the performance isn't as good as we'd like. And so we're st- that's another area that we're trying to work on as well. Still got more to do. We've done some useful stuff, but more to do. So so Daniel's been involved with that and um, Eric's been really... Uh, on a lot of the the static typing side of things given that he's heavily involved in the eclipse plugin that kind of makes sense that eric uh um
0: i'm not miles. sure I've, pardon me miles m-i-l-e-s oh i don't i don't think i know that name uh, i must okay not so he,
1: he, he's not super um visible on the sort of social media side of things but um certainly in all our mailing list and, and go look at the commit history recently Mm. Um, Eric's right up there, and he's been doing some really useful stuff. So, one of the things, if you've been using Groovy for a while, static typing is really great. But there was always these edge cases where, oh, that's a bit weird. Why is it doing that? And mm. so on. And, and in the Java world, it was kind of rock solid. Well, um, you know, for IDEs like so Eclipse in particular, it needs that rock solid foundation to be right. able to give you all the 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 IDE warnings and all that sort of stuff that he needs to do. Well, I'm, um, I'm So glad he's, we... been, he's been getting in and um, doing some really magic work on the static compiler as well. So that's been really good.
0: Well, I'm glad we got a chance to give him a shout out. Right. It, it might be
1: double LES, sorry. I double LES, Mills, Miles, Mills. Oh, Miles. maybe I have
0: seen that name. I just haven't met him yet. Or of course, he's going to come up to me and say, yeah, I met you three times and you don't remember. I don't know.
1: Well, he... He hasn't given um, many like conference talks or anything like that. We're we, mm. speaking... sure that That's his thing, but we can, we can see if he's keen
0: to talk about Eclipse
1: or static compilers at some point, see what, see what uh, he thinks.
0: Well, speaking of conference talks, a couple of things. First of all, uh, I'm sure there will be a great conf in Copenhagen in 2022. I mean, it, it's hard to believe there wouldn't be, but we don't yet have anything official about that. It was a real shame to lose that in, well, the last couple of years, but nobody was surprised. It's just hopefully that will be back. Uh, so, anyway, keep think an planning, eye out.
1: Planning that. is well underway, but there's no no dates yet. So, fingers right. crossed. Yeah,
0: yeah, right. And yeah, so you know, we really are all our best to um, uh, to the, to Soren and the, and his cohorts and, working on that. But yeah, yeah. Uh, but the other thing about the conference is you put together that groovy track at ApacheCon, and mm-hmm. I. The uh, ones listed in the show notes were all the presentations that I know were part of that track that got tweeted. Did we cover everything? Did we get all the the talks in there? I think that's, that's pretty
1: much it. We, we decided that, um, rather than go for, for, um, uh, quantity would go for quality. That's why you're obviously in there. uh,
0: Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So, um, very kind of you, but um, we,
1: we, we did have a few more um, proposals, but we were either going to be trying to squeeze it really hard to get into one day or it'd be spread over multiple days. And we just mm, sort of thought, mm. oh, we'll, we'll just pick the sort of what we thought was a really good coverage and go with that. And I think it went, worked well.
0: A lot of those online conferences are doing that. They're, they're focusing on a single day or sometimes two days, but really, they're aiming for the, the virtual stuff that just people don't want to be online constantly even though we are all day anyway but still you don't want everybody to be like that required like that all day long uh but anyway, any rate we do have links to all those uh those presentations in the show notes the youtube videos and a couple of people included the slides i didn't say anything about my slides but my slides are in the associated github repository so, which is part of the presentation, I guess I should yeah, put up. I, I can add my, oh, you've got my slides already added. So yeah, sure. I, I saw yours there, but I I always enjoy your slides, sometimes more than the talks. I mean, nothing personal, but you tend to cram a lot of information into a short period of time. Yeah, I'm, I'm, if you go
1: and uh, there's various folk uh, who are great speakers and some of them have even put out um, guides for doing presentations and I know all the, the guides and my, my slides would be the exact opposite of what they would say. You know, so <laughs> these days it's, you know, one word on a slide and it's flicks over every 15 seconds or whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. i have got, you know, 1000 words on my side, but it's, but they're I'm really the slides, useful. No, they're, they're I'm great. Writing the slides for, for me uh-huh. because I'm doing lots of different talks. And when I, sometimes I'll, I've not done this talk for a few months and then I've, and I'm going and doing one talk and I just get finished. And then 10 minutes later, I've got to start the next talk and I've sure I've rehearsed it a little bit in my mind beforehand, but you know, the, the, the neurons aren't as fast these days as they were perhaps uh, two, oh, 20 boy. years ago or something. So yeah, I, get that. I, I write the slides for me and I'm, as I'm skimming through them, I'm seeing all that stuff there. I may not mention everything that's on there, as part of the spiel, but it's 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 just reminding me of the background for putting my mind in the right position or where I want to be when I'm giving the slide. So anyway,
0: well, your your slides historically were a major force in how I learned Groovy. Really, I mean, because I would, uh, in fact, as while I was writing that that making Java Groovy book, I would repeatedly have the experience of doing all this research on a particular topic and then finding an old presentation you'd done a couple years earlier where you went into everything and more. <laughs> and it's like, oh, great. Now I got to rewrite all this. But uh, no, they've always been extremely valuable to me. So I, I really don't want you to change any of that. Uh, maybe I think the way you do or something, which just makes it compatible. But um they're really, uh, I, whenever you do a presentation, I'm always like, well, if I can get there, great, but I definitely want the slides, you know, that it's really useful for me. So anyway, yeah. we do have the link to yours in there and uh, the Spock one, and I'm sure there's some others as well. It's nice to see Guillaume doing something Groovy related again, despite yeah, all his yeah. work at Google, you know.
1: Yeah, I'd love to see the new Groovy console actually up and running in a, in a state which
0: is um, ready for mainstream use. That would be great. I think that's everything. Was there anything else about Groovy4 you wanted? Oh, I guess I should give you a little bit of a, put you a little bit on the spot. And can you give a rough idea? Like how many release candidates do you expect to go through? Are you aiming for the end of the year? Are you aiming for the new year? Um, For people who are watching this after the fact, it is the end of October. They just announced that Facebook is now meta. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, yeah. So what's your overall plan?
1: I'm still targeting the end of the year, but, um, but yeah, yeah, we've, it's, we're probably a little bit behind where we would like to be right now in terms of we, we would love to have an RC out already. Um, but it'll, it, it'll just basically depend on the feedback. Hmm. So we, we've actually spent more time getting what we think is right in this, the, what the release we're about to do. And then, uh, then we'll do an RC not long after that. And if if we don't get a lot of feedback saying, oh, this is wrong, why isn't this working, whatever, then you know, end of the year is still definitely on the cards. But if we get a lot of feedback saying, oh, my performance has dropped, my this part's not working, this whatever, then we'll do it more RCs and then it's likely to be early next year. So we'll, we'll see what happens.
0: Which is actually... Uh- it sounds to me like the gap between groovy three and groovy four was a lot less than it was between two and three. Um, yeah. So groovy three was designed, better able to support the extensibility to groovy four then.
1: Yeah. And I think, uh, we've done a bit of consolidation in groovy four. So there's ah. the old parsers removed and right, the right. classic byte code is removed for all intents and purposes. Some of it's there still hidden but that's another story yeah well um, that's... so it's so it's actually setting us up to be in a better position to do grow five even faster so
0: wow yeah so I'm not at, at the I moment don't think when it'll we ever get a be bug, oh sorry go ahead
1: at, at the moment when we get a bug we've got to say oh is this a bug in the old parser and the new parser or is this oh, oh. Just, you know, just in one of them is it in the classic byte code as well as the indie byte code oh we better go check and so it's like this four-way grid for every bug that that comes, you know, not every bug, but any bug that sort of overlaps with that part of the domain of the language. Whereas Groovy five, it, uh, Groovy four, it's just there's one place to go to look for that bug. And
0: but there'll always yeah. be something significant. I mean, Java's on the six month release schedule, and half of those releases, I would say, since eight. You know, 9 through 17, I'd say half of those releases could have been dot releases. I mean, I, I understand cool. the philosophy of the semantic versioning and it's not if you're, you're really going to change the compiling and all that. But honestly, did it really take a whole new release just to have like an HTTP client? You know, I mean, that was the one outward facing thing in Java 11. I mean, I know there was a lot of work under the hood, but seriously, 11 instead of 10 because we have an HTTP client now. It's like, come on. You know, this, this
1: gets back to the comment you made right at the start, which was marketing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. It's as, much,
1: it's as much marketing, I think, as uh, technical reasons for following semantic versioning or whatever. They, and
0: they've been very successful. I mean, so you know, yeah, Java. We,
1: why are we to argue with their marketing? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Right. And of course, anything that helps Java helps Groovy ultimately, you know, so that's oh, a, absolutely. Yeah. That's a good thing. You know, no problem there. In fact, just because we're getting toward the end here, I'll have to say. I think Kotlin is missing a major opportunity here. I think they really are off. Uh, they're pushing very hard the multi-platform aspect of Kotlin, especially multi-platform mobile, so that you could use Kotlin for an Android app and an iOS app. And of course, also do it for native apps on Macs and things like that. I The history of cross-platform applications like that is, is just littered with with problems and I, I think that's a long shot whereas i think you know loom being two years away coroutines is their real opportunity this would be their chance to show what they can do and they don't seem to see it that way they seem to see it as they think mobile is their big opportunity or they're or not mobile the the multi-platform is their opportunity and i don't i don't get it but but well, uh ruby
1: TOB index, they, they're seeing Python and whatever that, I mean, they'll have the numbers on how many, what have they got? They've got RubyMine and they've got a Python one and a, yeah. got, they'll, they'll have all the numbers on which which uh, platforms are getting used. So.
0: But they're all noise compared to Java. You know, I mean, when you compare it to Java, Python, C still these days, you know, the giants out there. Um, but the yeah. nice thing is, is with Groovy, is I tell people, every successful Groovy project is a Java project that has Groovy in it, you know, and Correct. that's yes. wonderful. That's the, des- that was designed that way. It's, it's to make your life easier. And I just, I'm a little sad that that message has stalled a little bit, but you know, these things don't go away. Maybe it'll pick up again. The pendulum will swing back and and we'll be here it's, when it does. It's more
1: popular. Groovy's in terms of download numbers, Groovy's mm-hmm. more popular now than it's ever been. So someone's using it. I don't know if it's like hundreds of thousands of CI systems are downloading <laughs> Groovy every, every night, but I don't know why they're not caching it. But um yeah, we can only go by the numbers we can see. So certainly well, it's still popular.
0: That's good news. That's good to know. Is there anything else you wanted to uh, mention at all?
1: No, um, I think we're all good. We've got, um, what have we got? We've got Halloween and right. uh, other things ha- happening in the US soon. We've got Thanksgiving and then Christmas not far away. So, right. if I'm not back on the uh, podcast before the end of the year, um, best wishes for everyone for the for the next little while and uh, hopefully travel looks like it's starting to open up again in australia so hopefully get to see um some folks not too far away
0: yeah i was actually share, supposed to go to australia last year i mean uh that, that's right the, yeah. the gids conference was going to I have would, an event in melbourne and sydney you know i was going to be there as
1: well and oh. I, I didn't even get there from brisbane so <laughs> I know.
0: but you know i i have a lot of faith in the guy who runs those conferences they'll be back too. So maybe next year, maybe next year. Wouldn't that be nice? I'd still love to go there. I just don't want to spend that many hours in a a plane, (laughs) but
1: it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's not insignificant.
0: Great. I I do want to say thank you very much. I really appreciate your accommodating the the, the time zone issue uh, to appear on this. I'm glad we're able to get there. As I've told people repeatedly that, you know, you are basically one of my technical heroes you know i i just always enjoyed your work and what you do and and i'm so happy that you are still active and engaged and even getting paid to do groovy related work you know uh so that's that's just wonderful to me so anytime we get a chance to talk like this is a it's a real honor for me it's a it's a joy
1: um well thank you for all everything you're doing as well that that the The books, the podcasts, the the all the the podcasts.
0: You're opening that up for Sergio again. (laughs) Hey, but thank you, I appreciate it. And uh, I'll pretend it was unintentional, but yeah, we'll go with that well he's the, the problem with sergio is he's right that's the difficulty you know and mm-hmm. and he's very clever so that's that's the issue so again don't come, ask
1: him about breach when, when can i come to breach next
0: or ask him what happened to the groovy calamari right i mean after all that was always a good source of information and just you know
1: wouldn't, wouldn't a um developer advocate have to have a calamari type forum wouldn't they
0: Exactly. Has to, absolutely has to. So, okay. I've I've got some ammunition for next time. So thank you. (laughs) We've
1: we've given him plenty to shoot us down with as well, perhaps, but anyway, we'll go with that.
0: Okay. Well, you, you, I mean, all the best to you, you take care. I hope everything works out as well for groovy four, and I'm looking forward to, to take advantage of it when it becomes released. I, I know I should work on the, the RCs and try to give you feedback, but i I generally have very little to say on those. I'll, I'll be jumping in though when it's released.
1: Yep. Pleasure to be here, Ken. Thanks, Thanks again. Take
0: care.